Welcome to the latest episode of Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet with your esteemed hosts, Dr. Stacy Adler of the Mono County Office of Education and Mr. Christopher Platt of the Mono County Free Library. Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Oxygen Starved podcast, where we give you your ABCs, adventure books and conversations from 11,000 feet. And I just learned our new tagline is the best podcast in the world, right, Stace? Yes. Well, why not? You know, if we're not going to say it, who is? <laughs> yeah, I think we need to start working that one in. I think so. At, at any rate, we're recording this early June and Stace, this and Doug... Hi, Doug, Doug is with us. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're all a little punchy today because this is actually our final episode of the season before the summer break. I know. I'm I'm sad. Kind of a little I, sad, I'm right? kind of a little sad. Yeah. I mean, we all have a lot to do, so it'll, you know, that's a good thing. But it's, you know, it's always sad when we end another season. And, and then I'm always a little bit of like, oh, my God, we did another season. I know, we're still that here. That's why we're the best podcast in the world. It, well over 80 episodes and counting. Thank you, listeners, Thank for sticking you. with us. Absolutely. Through thick and thin. So, adventure. It's a busy time of year. I think I was mentioning to you last weekend, Wills and I went up Pine Creek Canyon. Yes. Which is down out, out of the Owens Valley. One of the most scenic and, and a favorite place to hike for us because you get to the trails really quickly mm-hmm. and they get steep really quick. <laughs> but we only made it so far because of the snow. Yeah. So that was fine. We got up to see the big waterfall, which was what we really wanted to see at this time of year. Is And is it as... Was it as big as they say? Oh, bigger. It's There's wow. a lot of water coming down out of the mountains this season. Oh, heck we yeah. We talked about before, but it was really majestic to be able to kind of stand there and, you know, responsibly and safely right. look at it. Um, and people, were, other people were getting out and about too, which was nice to see. Mm-hmm. We did. We stopped at the snow. There were other hikers that went up with their skis and everything. Um, but, you know, the thing I wanted to point out too, because we're a book con book pod, not a book contest. We're a book podcast. (laughs) Um, I was at a library conference last week and traveling back as I am want to do. I love to stop off and explore new indie bookstores. Yeah. We've had Bookie Joint Dave on the show. I'm a big fan of Spellbinder Books and Bishop Mm -hmm. and the Mona Lake Committee bookstore up in Levining. Um, But if you're ever going through Reno, Nevada... There's the Sundance Books and Music. I'm just going to give them a plug because I had such a great time perusing their really great collection. They're about a block off of Virginia Street on California. You can look them up, Google them. It's in a big, beautiful, old, white, Victorian mansion, you know, so you kind of walk in there and it's kind of this grand space and really well done, really well curated and diverse collection of new books. Then they have a small collection of of used books and vinyl as well. So for the music lovers out there, and it's kind of in that section of Reno that's kind of been rehabilitated. There's like coffee shops and other little, Uh uh, I think there's an elixir there mm-hmm. and what have you. So it's kind of a nice little neighborhood to stop anyway. But, nice. you know, as any time I walk into an indie bookstore, I have to walk out with at least two books. So, you know, I, I did, which was, you know, it's I a was, delight. I was going to ask you, when you go into an indie bookstore, are you like one of those people that goes right for the first editions and sees what they have? <laughs> or do you, per, you know, peruse the books like you would at a 
library or a you know Barnes and Noble. I'm a peruser because I like to see everything before I make a mm. make a purchase, even with books. Um, and I really can't afford first editions. Let's face it. <laughs> and I, my my house is not set up to protect them, considering the two dogs who have for <laughs> our books as it is. Um, but no, I just love going in and seeing because you yeah. get a flavor when you walk through a library or a bookstore, good ones, yeah. I should say, you should also be able to see a flavor of the community by what's on the shelf. This is mm-hmm. what people are buying. This is this is who the ownership right. of the store is. This is what people want to yeah. read. And that's just an interesting reflection on a community. And it, it varies widely from community mm-hmm. to community. We go to little bookstores to big bookstores and little libraries and big libraries. And, and you kind of see that when you walk through and visit it. So it's just something I enjoy. That is fun. Well, when, you know, we talk about well, you all make fun of me for my love of TikTok. <laughs> and, but there are a lot of independent bookstore owners on TikTok mm-hmm. that do their books of the week or new book Tuesday or, you know, mm-hmm. what, whatever they're, they're talking about. And I know exactly what you mean, because even from those little one minute or three minute vignettes, you get a feel for what that bookstore is like. And, you know, I, I know that I have all the names of these like kind of jotted down thing. If I travel to this place, I want right. to go check this out. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. We're that kind of nerd too. Like when we're traveling somewhere, we'll look up the bookstores mm-hmm. and make a, make a special trip to go and support local yes. indie book selling as much as anything else. So listeners, if you're traveling to uh, Mono County or Inyo County this summer, please stop by the independent bookstore Spellbinder Books in Bishop and Bookie Joint in Mammoth Lakes. And the Mono Lake Community Bookstore in That's the Arming. Right. It's a smaller collection, but also really good too. We're blessed to have three great indie bookstores in our area. So yeah, absolutely. And stay tuned. We'll be right back. Oxygen, a colorless, odorless reactive gas, the chemical element of atomic number eight and the life-supporting component of the air. Starved, suffering a severe and damaging lack of basic material and cultural benefits. Oxygen Starved Podcast, a colorless, odorless, culture-packed, nutritious podcast considering books, describing Mono County adventure, and engaging in informative conversation with colorful Eastside Sierra locals. Download it now. Welcome back, listeners. We are at the B book part of our conversation, and this week we are talking about books that we are looking forward to reading over the summer. Yeah, you know, we we schedule out our reading for the podcast in three-month chunks. Yes. And we kind of give ourselves reading assignments. So this is the break we give each other every year, right? Is we can yes. read what we want. Yeah, and I... <laughs> I, I'm so excited. <laughs> Not that I, I love the books that we read, you know, yeah. and getting pushed out of my comfort zone to read different genres when we are talking about something I don't usually read. And that's been such a blessing about doing this podcast. But it's really nice in the summer to have the luxury to just read whatever I want and the books you've been buying all year. Yes, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So we each chose a few mm-hmm. few books that we thought we would we share did. that we're looking forward to reading. We haven't read them yet. Exactly. Well, I'm going to talk about one book that I just read because I didn't expect to read it so fast and it was so good. <laughs> well, why don't we kick it off with your book, Stace? All right. We'll start with that. So I just finished The Senator's Wife by Liv Constantine and I have shared other books 
by Liv Constantine. Before on this podcast, Liv Constantine is a they. It mm-hmm. is, I believe, sisters. Sisters, yeah. And um, they they do suspense like nobody else. And their newest book is The Senator's Wife. And like I said, I read it in three days. Didn't expect to, but I couldn't put it down. Yeah, it, it, it is It is a psychological thriller, as all of their books are, um, that... The focus is on these characters in Washington, D.C. Obviously, one is a senator and the other is his wife. They have <laughs> they have recently married because of the tragic passing of their previous spouses. Okay. And it the story kind of builds on that. And um, I don't want to give away any spoilers, so I, I don't want to say too much about it. But there is a twist that I never saw coming. And I literally, my jaw dropped. (laughs) I wish I was there to see that. (laughs) No, I mean, well, let's face it. You're an avid reader. You've read Mm -hmm. quite a bit of Liv Constantine. So when it's something you've not seen coming, that's an enjoyable kind of thing when you get out of a book, right? Well, yes. And listeners, if you've been with us a while, you know I get a little picky about my endings. And this was a surprise and a, a thrill and I loved it. Awesome. Yeah. So we will, of course, link all these books on our, yes. our webpage. So you don't have to be writing them down, but that was The Senator's, the senator's wife. wife. A novel is how it's phrased. Because okay. I think there's another book called The Senator's Wife that's not oh, by Liv okay. Constantine. So don't read that one. Read this one. Um, well, you can read that one too, but you know. Okay. So the other books, before I get way off track, the books that are on my TBR list mm-hmm. this summer um, the first one is Pineapple Street by Jenny Jackson. That's a new release. It's come out fairly recently, I yep, believe. Yep. Um, it's about a family with three daughters during New York's Gilded Age, so a little historical fiction-ish. It's, it's, it's sent in contemporary, but in the it, contemporary Gilded Age. Uh, the contemporary, okay. So, obviously, <laughs> I have not read it, so well, that's I good. don't know. Yeah. Um, and... I just can't wait to get into it. There's a lot of sociological implications, haves and have-nots, and I think it's going to be really great. It's so, getting a lot of attention. I and, think so. I'm seeing it in a lot on a lot of best books yeah. lists. And I will confess, I started reading it myself. I'm two chapters in, and I'm waiting, saving it for the weekend because it's one of those books that's just going to suck you in, yeah. and you're going to come out of it at 5 o'clock in the afternoon having wondered where your day went. Oh, gosh. Well, so, I'm... I can't wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) The next fiction book that I want to read is The Candy House by Jennifer Egan. And many of you listeners will know Jennifer Egan also wrote A Visit to the Goon Squad. Mm -hmm. And um, this is her latest book. And it's about a 40-year-old man with four kids. Um, he gets involved in a conversation group of professors and he is kind of gets involved with developing a new technology. So where this is going to go, I really don't know, but I'm really excited to read it. I loved a visit from the goon squad and I'm excited to read this new book by Jennifer Egan. Yeah. It's also just it's a book that does not stay on the shelf at the library. So ever since this came, it's a race, it's a recent book yes. in the last year or so. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are reading this book. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And then as always, I read a sports related book in the summer because 
that's just what I do. I remember from last and, summer. Yes, and this um, this summer I'm di- I'm diverting from just a baseball book about baseball though, uh-huh. and I'm going. I would like to read "I Got Your Number" by Mike Greenberg um, with Paul Hembekides Kitas Hem Hembekides, um, and they were ESPN. Um, announcers and they have written this book about their top 100 sports legends. Oh, that's fun. So I'm really excited to read that. And I feel like that one I can like pick up and put down and pick up and put down. So did you, did have you, did you watch them on ESPN? Have no, I, I'm not familiar with, with these okay. guys, although I'm not familiar with their names. It doesn't mean like right. I wouldn't know their, their faces, but you know, just I'm just coming off of the Lakers losing in the Western Conference Finals, <laughs> and um, you know I'm I'm still I'm still grappling with that, and trying to get over my depression. So you need to ease your way out with something like this. Yeah, that's something that's more generic to sports, not you know just focused. <laughs> well, it's a sad day in our house. <laughs> I love. Um... I love these kind of top 100 lists, right? Because yes. you, you look for the ones you want to see. Mm-hmm. You're critical of the ones you don't see. And then you're often surprised by who they included that you wouldn't have thought of. Exactly. And I'm, you know, because this is, a, you know, a hundred sports legends, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning about some led, who are some legends in some sports that I don't really right. follow. Right. So I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, and then my, the last book I, is going to be a reread for me. Um, nonfiction. It's Atomic Habits by James Clear. And we had Andrew Castor on our um, podcast a couple of years ago who talked about this book and that's how I learned about it. And then I listened to it as an audible book and then I bought a hard copy of it. So I'm going to read the hard copy this year and hopefully it's going to help me, you know, be more routine in some of the habits that I want to be routine with and get rid of some habits that I don't want to I'm just looking up have. in the library. We have it in the library. The subtitle is Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I enjoyed listening to it so yeah. much and I did get, I did get some good ideas out of it listening to it, but I feel like, you know, in a book like that, you, I, for me, I don't know how listeners feel or you, Christopher, but I like to underline and flag, you know, so I can like go back to... Um, and, and if I remember from listening to it, he has little exercises that mm-hmm. you can do in, you know, in the book. That's so great. I'll be, I'll be doing my homework. So you'll be exercising your mind. You'll be learning about sports and sliding off into novels yes. that take you elsewhere. That's that like a good I'm, summer. I'm going for a well-rounded reading approach this summer. <laughs> I hope you accomplish it. I'll let you know. How about you? (laughs) We'll find out. I've got a few that I've got lined up as well. So I've chosen books that, um, just some books that are are new coming out like in June or July that are on a list that I want to read. Um, and for those of you who may have heard are longtime listeners or, or are familiar with the Eastern Sierra book festival every year, they're nice enough to invite me on. And, yes. And I kind of give a list of books that I've enjoyed reading mm-hmm. and that I'm looking forward to. So this is a little peek 
at that list and what it will look like. Of course, like any year, this is a summer where a lot of big name writers are coming out with new books. Ann Patchett, Joyce mm-hmm. Carol Oates, Ann Beattie, Colson Whitehead, Dean Coots, Richard. There's a whole list of heavy hitters. And I've kind of chosen some interesting ones that just poked out at me. And the first one is a novel called Open Throat by Henry Hoke. I had not heard of this mm-hmm. author before. And, but the... But the premise of this book is really unique. So you know about that mountain lion in LA, P twenty two, like who recently died, and there's a yes. mural painted and mm-hmm. all that. And you know, of course, mountain lions are a topic in the Eastern Sierra every day. <laughs> every day. Um, well, it inspired this novel, and it's a look at Los Angeles through the eyes of a mountain lion who was forced down from the hills into LA itself by his territorial father. Um, making him live in close proximity to humans, right? And Uh the humans that he comes across, you know, in kind of like the foothills and Mm -hmm. parts of LA near the Hollywood sign are like homeless people and hikers and, you know, what have you. And so it's written from the perspective of that mountain lion. It's got a little bit of humor to it, apparently. It's getting really great reviews. Um, Is the mountain lion anthropomorphic? Yeah. well, in the sense that he gives the mountain lion voice, right? Okay. But, but the humans don't talk to the mountain lion. No, no, okay. no, no, no. I okay. think it's very much observational. And I think that's the hook of the novel okay. is observing Los Angeles and its culture and human culture in 2023 through the eyes of someone who's not a human, right? Interesting. So I think this will be um, hopefully an interesting book discussion group. I might have to add that to my list. <laughs> it's getting really, it's it's actually getting uh, really great reviews. I, I said that in a way that said surprising it shouldn't be um one review describes um this book as you know singular stunning novel um and that it is compassionate fierce and bittersweet and is a love letter to the wild so um i'm i'm looking forward to hearing about it uh, or reading it and i will certainly let you guys know if you follow the library's instagram account what i think about it so that's one and another novel that i'm looking forward to comes out later in june by stephen kiernan who's a well-known novelist and this is his newest called the glass chateau and the premise of this novel which reason it stuck out to me is a former friend French resistance hitman grapples with returning to regular life at the end of World War II and finds himself in a workshop that makes glass for the cathedrals of France that lost their windows to the war. So it's kind of like, um, you know, a program set up to kind of help people re-enter and recenter their their lives after going through such a tragic disruption, right? Um, and it's the work itself and the people he meets that help him gradually reckon with what he has done because um, he was a hitman. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it kind of gives him new purpose. This is getting starred reviews. Booklist says Kiernan extends his fresh approach to World War II fiction with the spellbinding fable of sanctuary art and recovery, a dramatic and transfixing tale that responds to life's horrors by celebrating beauty, resiliency, and soulfulness, Nice. which I think is something we can still get out yeah. today, right? I think this could still be, have a meaningful message for today. Um, so I'm looking forward to reading that. Those are my two novel picks. Mm-hmm. And then for two nonfiction picks, um, 
two that I did not see coming. The first one is called The Last Ride of the Pony Express by Will Grant. So we know the Pony Express here, right? right? You drive up into Nevada. Is it the Washoe Valley? or Yeah. Yeah. Where the Pony Express Trail comes across. The old Pony Mm Express. Pony Express lasted for, what, two years in the 1860s, 1870s? Right around the gold rush time. Exactly. Before the trains were built. Um, And the goal was to get mail across the country as Mm -hmm. quickly as possible, which in those days was, you know, guys on a pony basically riding hard and then you know, you didn't stop until you... the next person. Yeah, and, exactly, yeah. until you got to California. So this is a, a, a modern-day cowboy, Will Grant, who decides he's going to ride the original route as best he can, um, taking a little bit more time, of course. This one is also getting great reviews. Um, Kirkus uh, cites a little excerpt of it that, you know, he's stopped by a rancher in Nevada and the guy goes, I got two questions for you. One, how crazy does a guy have to be to ride a horse from Missouri to California? And two, how sore is your ass right about now, right? Because <laughs> he's ridden from Missouri to Nevada. Um, and so, you know, this is kind of like a, a humorous, but also kind of meet the locals insightful exploration mm-hmm. of what used to be this, this trail, but crossing it on modern day landscape where there are highways and freeways and subdivisions yeah. and stuff like that. And he does it with a, a couple of trusty horses and a lot of grit and takes his time and he, he's writing about it. So who wouldn't want to read and, about that? And he's by himself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I love these kind of little exploratory yeah. journeys that some people take and then then write about. So that's Last Ride of the Pony Express by Will Grant. Okay. And then the final book I'm going to recommend to people, um, this is just one of my favorite authors of all time, John McPhee. Um, many of you will recognize that name, especially in the Eastern Sierra. Um, he's a well-known essayist mm-hmm. on a variety of topics. He's collated or, or put together a number of his essays um, that he has collected over his lifetime and is now publishing them in a couple of volumes. And the first one's called Tabula Rasa. Um, and it's just a collection of essays he's written over time on different topics. He has been writing for 60 plus years. Uh-huh. He's in his 90s now. Wow. Um, I first discovered him when I read Assembling California, which is about plate tectonics. In college, I was reading wow. this book. I had no idea and no interest in plate tectonics, <laughs> but I was interested by the time I finished reading it because he puts it in very like layman's terms. Mm-hmm. And he does describe a lot of the California landscape, right. you know, the Eastern Sierra and what have you as part of that. So, um, and he's written on culture, on society, on, you know, not so much politics, um, but, you know, science and all this other kind of stuff. He's really kind of like a Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. And his writing is so clear and easily read and so approachable. This collection is is coming out this summer. It's got multiple starred reviews. Um, and, you know, I just, I just, I'm that kind of nerd who can't wait to read it. <laughs> well, you know, if he's, if he's somebody you've read over and over, you know, mm-hmm. over the years, and I imagine if he's approaching his writing from the, standpoint of a, of a 90 year old, Mm -hmm. you know, looking back, I I bet it's going to be pretty interesting to see his reflections and where he thinks things are 
these days, the state of things. Yeah, I, th- I think so as well. And also he's just one of these, you know, we probably both have, all three of us probably have some of these favorite authors. I always think like Studs Terkel mm-hmm. or Cormac McCarthy that we talked about on the last podcast episode. You know, these people who've been reading for a, or writing for a very long time mm-hmm. and they've reached an age where they have a wealth of knowledge yeah. and writing expertise and skill and craft um, and just kind of seeing that culmination of it in a collection is, is a nice experience. So I think this one will be another one that sells a lot in bookstores and is checked out from the library. We should point out all of these titles that Stacey and I checked about today. We're making sure we have copies in the library over the course of the summer. So you can always get them from us, but um, also find them, find them from the bookstores. There's a lot of really great stuff coming up this summer. This is just scratching. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard to narrow it down for our conversation today, but I wanted to ask if you're still doing your book talk Fridays that we post on Instagram. Well, you know, you just mentioned those TikToks. So I paused the book talk Fridays over the winter when just things got really busy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> Some things fall by the wayside. And also Instagram had um, changed its video length from multiple minutes to like 60 seconds or 120 oh, seconds or something. So okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to pause. Mm-hmm. And when the podcast goes on hiatus for the summer, then I'll start the Book Talk Fridays again. So so plug yeah, for those listeners. If you're those. missing us, you can check out Christopher's Book Talk Fridays. At the Mono County Library's Instagram. Just Google us yeah. or go to our go to our website. Yes, and he'll have some great titles for you to read, I'm sure. And you can also tell us titles you think you're going to read over this summer as well. That would be great for us to hear. We love hearing from you. And stay tuned. We'll be right back with our conversation. You're dialed in to Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet, originating from the slopes of Mammoth Mountain in Mono County, California. You can find us at SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us at OxygenStarvedPodcast.com. Just make sure you find us. Welcome back, listeners, to the See the Conversation portion of our podcast, where we bring on a guest who contributes uniquely to the live, work, play lifestyle of the Eastern Sierra. Stace, this is our final guest of the season. I know, but a wonderful guest. A wonderful guest. And what we wanted to do is kind of get pick someone who would lead us into summer yes. in a great way. And we are really excited to welcome Kim Anaclario of Mammoth Lakes Recreation, the program director of MLR. Welcome, Kim. Welcome, Thank Kim. You. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You say that now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we'll be this. Nice. Well, this is a fun episode. You know, it's our joyous last episode of the season and... We really appreciate you taking some time to be here because this is a busy time of year for you. It is. It is. We are just getting started with summer as is everyone here in the <laughs> yes. Eastern Sierra. <laughs> well, you know, before we get to summer, Kim, why don't you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about who you are and how you found yourself here in Mono County? Sure. Um, so growing up in Southern California, I would always come up here with my family during the summers and... Uh, actually mostly during the winters and then you know never wanted to leave came up here to ski yeah. yep came to mammoth mountain um always felt the draw and then you know later in life had the opportunity to move here and just jumped on it and didn't have much of a plan but decided this is what's going to happen and <laughs> we'll figure it out so 
That's a common Was that story. like post-college, the opportunity, or post-school? or Yeah, so definitely post-college, um, post-graduate uh, work, uh, studied at Chico State, mm-hmm. and just kept moving farther and farther north, landed in Portland, <laughs> Oregon for a while, and uh-huh. was desperately missing California, and Mammoth Lakes came back up on the radar. Oh, that's awesome. What, if, you, if you can say, what did you study? Uh, recreation. Yeah, I have a, a natural resources management uh, degree in uh, recreation administration, and then I did my master's work in sustainable business practices for eco and adventure tourism. Oh, man, I didn't even know that that existed. That's awesome. I would love to do a master's program in that. Well, I wrote it myself, so it doesn't <laughs> actually exist too commonly. <laughs> I, I feel like sustainability of resources is a, has been a theme amongst a lot of our guests this, this year. How does that play into recreation? Oh, gosh, I think it's, it's the driver, um, you know, we can go out and play and play and play, but if we don't take care of our landscape that we're playing on, it's not going to be there any longer. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm sure we've kind of been hearing the phrase like an area is being loved to death. Um, yes. You know, so it's just learning things like carrying capacity and sustainable building techniques and, and just down to getting out and cleaning up litter and making sure that you know, we're only using trails when they're available to use trails or lakes or waterways, whatever the outdoor recreation of your choice is. That's awesome. That is a definite theme around mm-hmm. here. It's, it's, uh, I think it's a lot of us kind of carry that sense of stewardship. That's why we, why right. we come back here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So how long have you been here? I've been here a little over nine years now. Oh, that's a good long time. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> you're get, you're we're almost get, local. We're getting there in mammoth standards. <laughs> so you you survived COVID and you survived this last winter and you're you're sticking around. That's that's promising. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about uh, Mammoth Lakes Recreation and what it does. Well, Mammoth Lakes Recreation, we're a, a nonprofit here located here in Mammoth, um, and our goal is just to enhance, implement, and develop more outdoor recreation, arts, and culture in the area. And so we do um, work with our local arts agencies, a lot of work with Mammoth Lakes Trail System, expanding into some stewardship programs. And uh, we also are like an over the board of Mammoth Lakes Recreation is an oversight body for some of our um, special tax measures and funding that are here in Mammoth. Such as? Measure U is a special tax uh, that was passed by the voters of Mammoth Lakes in 2010 that is dedicated solely for arts, culture, and recreation enhancement in Mammoth Lakes. And MLR has been designated by the town um, to... um, recommend how these funds are made, uh, how the expenditures are made of these funds. And so that's a big public process that we go through annually. Um, And part of it goes to Measure U programming and then among that other funding buckets Mm -hmm. throughout various needs of the town. 
You know what I love about, because again, you, you thank you for the plug again. Mm-hmm. Um, what I loved about Measure U, the process as an applicant and as an organization that receives funding from it for the last few years, is you get a window into all the other organizations mm-hmm. in the area, and sometimes individuals, it seems, who apply for this money. And there's just a variety of things that this money funds, right? It's not just makerspace. It's Right. We're so lucky to have, um, you know, this this pot of funding that is purely dedicated to arts, culture, recreation. You know, we fund Mono Arts Council, the theater groups in town, musical groups, uh, Eastern Sierra Avalanche Center. So it is quite a variety of uh, organizations that benefit, which in turn benefits our community uh, and visitors. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Well, the great programs that Measure U helps to support and we our town would be less without them, so it's really nice. So we're recording this in early June, and we were just chatting before we started recording. Kim, you just had uh, the trail system program. We did. We had um, last Saturday, June third, was National Trails Day, and so the Mammoth Lakes Trail System kicked off the summer of stewardship with a event down at the Sherwin's Trailhead which was fantastic. Um, Tons of work was accomplished. We had about 60, 65 volunteers that came out and helped and cleared snow off of trails and, um, you know, did some trail maintenance work to fix some channeling that happened with all the runoff. And we picked up a ton of trash, Mm. uh, restained all the signs. So getting out there and using the trails is going to be much more enjoyable And then a fun reward after the event is this is the 10th anniversary of the Mammoth Lakes Trail System. So Mammoth Brewing Company brewed a special edition Packet Out Pilsner. Oh, Oh, wow. Neat. Yes. that name. Yes. That is is a great name. (laughs) And so we went up to uh, the tasting room here in town and had a release party. Awesome. Yeah. So definitely go try it. Um, Grab a pint at the brewery, bring a four-pack home for you. Uh, Portions of the proceeds are going right back to the trail system. So good beer, good cause. Can't go wrong. We love the trail system around here, right? It's such an amazing gift to people who live or recreate up here. You can practically, you can, if you so chose and you were so equipped, walk out the front door of Mammoth Lakes Library where we are recording mm-hmm. and work your way to the trails with nothing, no real whole lot of effort and right. find yourself up on the side of a mountain, yep. you know, when there's less snow on the ground. But, yeah. you know, it's maybe a little late You're start You're just not going to get that high on top of the mountain right now. You might have to wait till August. This Unless you bring your skis. That's true. Yes. <laughs> We were, we did a, a, not in trails here, but down in the Inyos out of the Owens Valley a couple of weeks ago, or last weekend we did up one of the canyons and we got as far as the snow and turned around and came back. It was a nice little walk. And of course, like three or four people with the skis walked yep. right up behind us and they were able to go, yeah, we're kind of jealous of that. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so Kim, what, what other, um, measures or other funding sources do you have a your hand in in your work? Well, <clears throat> some of the bigger programs that we're involved in right now are the Adopt-A-Trail program mm-hmm. and we have a Tangle-Free Waters program. And both of those are stewardship-based and, um, you know, really successful through both volunteers and sponsors. Um, Adopt-A-Trail is, 
you know, basically what it sounds like. We have volunteers that go out and help with maintenance and trash pickup and, Mm -hmm. you know, reporting anything on the ground. And the sponsors make all that happen for all the maintenance that needed is needed. And we have a Tangle Free Waters program that um, helps keep all the discarded fishing line out of our waterways, away from our wildlife. And so MLR's role is we have volunteers and staff that uh, collect all the line and we package it up and send it off for recycling. Oh, that's great. And it's, you know, I can't reiterate enough how much it's necessary to be recycled, Um Otherwise, it would just go into the landfill and the wildlife would be yeah. entangled there. So we send it off for recycling. It's made into artificial fish habitat and reef. And I've even cool. seen jewelry start to be made out of it. Oh, Holy so, cow. Good stuff. And it, it's so it's always so surprising to me when I go out fishing how much discarded fishing line that I see just kind of laying around mm-hmm. beside a, a stream or a lake. And it's uh, just kind of breaks your heart a little bit knowing because it's such a hazard to wildlife. Well, we always think about it too, is there's so very often, especially at the lakes, there's young families Mm. out and about fishing for the first time and kids running around, you know, flip-flops or bare feet. And Mm. I always think, oh, is, you know, is the beach clear, you know, are there no hooks and fishing line around? So it's a great program to have, I think. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what do you like to do when you're 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 the head of recreation? <laughs> what do you do for recreation? <laughs> All <of> the above. <laughs> um, it's really hard to keep me inside. I always, you know, even in the winter. Even in the winter, I always have these stack of projects. Oh, I'll get to that on a snowy day. No way. <laughs> Let's go out and play. <laughs> so, whether it's walking, skiing, snowshoeing, biking, hiking, on getting on the water, I anything. It's just uh, that's definitely my happy place, and any free time like like to spend outside. So, what are you doing now in June? Because again, this is a late winter. Uh, there's a lot of m- kind of less accessible parts of the area right now. Are you going to different places than you would normally go right now? Or you know, I have just been enjoying riding my bike around town mm-hmm. on the pathways and taking short little hikes. Um, you know, east of 395, there's some great roads that are still clear. Mm-hmm. Um, or not still clear, just got clear. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, kind of kind of staying close in, um, grabbing the snowshoes every now and then, you know, Lake yeah. Basin, you can still go ski and snowshoe up there. And yeah. that's nice, just cruising along the road. And it's so beautiful to see these snow-covered mountains with these great, beautiful, sunny days. And yeah. It is. I ask that because I live in Bishop and we're noticing more friends and neighbors coming down, (laughs) like the Round Valley and, you know, the the bluffs and everything like that. It's 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 cool. Yeah. Little, little warmer, little clearer of snow. (laughs) You you mentioned in our like pre-show that you have a young son. So is he, is he becoming this, an outdoorsman like yeah, yeah, he's really enjoying the outdoors. Um, we do a lot of car camping and day hiking. Um, this summer, we spent a lot of time skiing at Mammoth Mountain. Mm. That was fun. Um, yeah, he loves to get on the water as well. Very comfortable, almost too comfortable for mom. <laughs> I, I remember what that's like. <laughs> but definitely, he Charlie Jack enjoys being outside. Oh, that's great. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. You get get him young. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. He knows no other way. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, I think it's so important, you know, that we do have access to this beautiful land all around us and all of these opportunities for these outdoor activities. You know, we're we're doing our kids a disservice if we don't get them out there. Right. So that's wonderful. He's lucky. To have you. Well, thanks. (laughs) Hopefully he thinks the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) And so what our favorite question that we always ask our guests, what are you reading now? Well, what a good segue. (laughs) Um, To be honest, like 100% of my leisure reading is with Charlie And so right now, our favorite book is National Geographic's Kids, Little Kids' First Big Book of Dinosaurs. Awesome. (laughs) I am completely, 100% truly intrigued by dinosaurs right now. As you should be. I have dove into this fascinating world and never knew I'd learned so much about dinosaurs so what later is, in life. What is one unique thing you didn't know before about dinosaurs that you and he learned together? Oh, you know what? What's fascinating to me is um, the resemblance to so many current mm. animals. And it's yeah. like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and across the board, that it's it, there's a lot of similarities in evolution. That's awesome. So, so... Pretty soon, you guys will travel down to the tar pits, maybe, and yes. talk about see yep. some dinosaur bones. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Does he have? Is there like you know, as as little kids do, they'll have like their one favorite dinosaur, and you have to read that page every single <laughs> night, like ad nauseum. Does right he now, have... yes. So right now, it's uh, the T Rex. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I know, not very exciting. <laughs> But, you know, understandable. Well, you know, it's also great around here, right? Because you can go fossil hunting in the mountains around here, which I'm sure is something you'll get involved in, right, Kim? I'm sure. We we had Paul McFarland on a couple episodes ago, and he does that quite a bit. So You're in in the right place for it. We'll have Paul take us on a tour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's a... that's a great book. I'm going to check and make sure we have it in the library and more dinosaur books so that you guys can come in and check them out. Yes, that would be wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Well, Kim, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate it and yeah. appreciate all that you do for our community here. So thank well, you. Gosh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. And have a great summer. You too. <laughs> and listeners... We're hoping you are set to have a great summer as well. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Oxygen Star podcast. Please remember you can find us at our Instagram page, O2Starved, or our website, OxygenStarvedPodcast.com. We appreciate you supporting us through this last season. We hope you have a great summer and we're looking forward to returning in August. So take care and we'll see you soon. We will. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us here for Oxygen Star. Our outro music, Iron Bacon, is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. Incompetech.com, Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.